Humphrey, what's a modernist in the Church of England? Ah, well, the word modernist is code for non-believer. <laughs> you mean an atheist? No, no, Prime Minister. An atheist clergyman couldn't continue to draw his stipend. So, when they stop believing in God, they call themselves modernists. <laughs> How could the Church of England suggest an atheist as Bishop of Bedis and Edmund? Well, very easily. The Church of England is primarily a social organisation, not a religious one. Is it? Oh, yes. It's part of the rich social fabric of this country. So bishops need to be the sort of chaps who speak properly, know which knife and fork to use. <laughs> the sort of people one can look up to. So that's what Peter meant when he said that Canon Stanford's wife was eminently suitable. Of course. Sure. Is there really no other possible candidate? Well, not really. There were a couple of better jobs available recently, you see. What's better than a bishop? A rook? Here's Ida right now, and there's a very distinct eye wall as it's making its way. That's Grand Isle, and now up to kind of the bayou part of southern Louisiana, making a direct hit on this small town called Homa with maximum sustained winds of 150 miles an hour. This is a strong category four. And these strong rain bands, one, two, three, four of them, those are starting the outer edge of that starting to hit New Orleans, and the rain is just going to come pounding down along with the wind. Of course, lightning strikes and the potential for um, for some tornado development as well. Category 4 storm, 150 mile an hour sustained winds. Almost a category 5, it would have to be 157 miles an hour. So this is a strong category 4 on the day that Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005. Well, it is slated to be a historic show today. It is. Did you know that? Did you know, did you know that we plan this in advance so that we know which shows are going to be particularly historic and which ones are not going to be? We do. And we, we could, are that smart. We could warn you in advance, but apparently you only do that when it's going to be historic, when it's slated to be historic. I don't know if you knew this or not, Rod. Sorry. Friar Cook, good morning. Yes, Rabbi Dave, good morning. And welcome to What the Frock. Where today we might actually discuss religious stuff. I don't know. <laughs> spent all I spent all weekend <clears throat> writing a uh, an outline, which kind of went out the window this morning. I don't I don't know. I I, I sit here and I, I get up. I get this message at I don't know. What time was that? You sent me that last night. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> was it last night? Because I didn't read it till like six this morning. Um, I, yeah, it's like after twelve yeah. last night. I had a late night. Might, and some. might be late. Had a late night, and so I had spent all week doing this. Uh, not all week. Spent a couple of days getting ready for this, and then uh, I'm like, man, I, I I wrote the I wrote that, and then then I yeah. I wanted to sleep in, and Rod wanted to sleep in, and then we, neither one of us slept in, and so texts are flying back and forth this morning on the uh, the secret insider chat system. Yeah. The life of a you know podcasting host. Right. <laughs> Remind me to come back to that later on cuz sure. I, I have an idea about that but I, I don't want to get distracted from this historic slated to be historic show today. Yeah. So I don't know if you knew this or not but today is the 16th anniversary of the day that we almost got rid of Nolens. And I, say I didn't almost, realize that it was the anniversary yeah, of that. Yeah, 16, day, 16 years to the day that we we almost got rid of that hellhole. Almost. And I don't know if you, <laughs> you've ever been there, but I, I hate Nolens. It is a third world freaking country plopped down in the middle of the United States. And I mean literally the yeah. middle of the United States. I've not been there. 
It, but. I, the French Quarter is great. It's French Quarter is tourist central. Outside of the French Quarter, you might as well be in a third world hellhole. I mean, it, it really, half the people there don't speak English. The ones that do don't want you there. Hmm. They don't like you. Um, it's, it's the only place I've ever been, Rod, where I had to, we, we had to take one of those airporter vans from the airport mm-hmm. to the hotel where we were staying. And so it's probably a 30 minute drive, which is no big deal. But as you're driving, the driver keeps pointing out all the sites along the way, which, <laughs> and, and I'm doing the air quote thing here. And most of those sites are basically swamp areas. <laughs> but he says, you know, if you look to your left, if you look to your right, and what he's really doing is plastered on the inside of the window of the van is this sign that says, recommended tips for driver. Hmm. So he's making you look so you see the sign that says recommended tip for driver. Oh, look at the swamp over there. Sure. And here in, here in Louisiana, we got parishes, not counties, like the rest of you Yankees. <laughs> Wasn't aware that being from California qualified me as a Yankee, but okay. You know, yeah. it's like, there you go. <laughs> At any rate, it was, uh, it was an adventure. That was 16 years ago today that uh, Hurricane Katrina almost, almost erased that stain yeah. upon the United States as far as I'm concerned. And if you know anything about the history of New Orleans, sorry, Nolans, Nolans, you, uh, you will understand what I'm talking about. Nolans was a, a sticky point in the early part of this country. It really was. I mean, okay, we own the Mississippi River, but we didn't own Nolans. So what good did it do us? You know, that's yeah. kind of the approach. Anyway, 16 years today. So I'm watching the morning news this morning and having my mm-hmm. text fest with Bill and Rod this morning. And watching I, the weather, babe. I swear to God, MJ McDermott, our local weather babe, says, quote, what, what, I, 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 man, I lost the quote. So she says something to the effect of 16 years ago today, it was, it was a terrible day in New Orleans. She says New Orleans. Uh, it was terrible. Hurricane Katrina came ashore. It was a Cat 5 hurricane. Everybody knows the story of how bad it was. Blah, 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 blah. And then she says, and I'm not making this up. She says, and I was working that morning, and it was a beautiful day here. Just like today is. <laughs> today is a beautiful day to, here in the Pacific Northwest. It's an early fall day with perfect temperatures and blue skies. Oh, yeah. And the beauty of all this, of course, is that the news guy had tagged into this thing with Hurricane Ida, which which they keep praying will make it to Cat 5. Right now it's a Cat 4. As, yeah. as we record this, it's Cat 4. But they keep waiting because in 10 minutes, no, Noah's going to update us. And then we'll know yeah. if it's a Cat 5 or not, right? So they keep uh, teasing that. But he, he actually teases this thing with Hurricane Ida is slated to be a historic hurricane. Slated. Slated because, to be. Yeah. Yeah, they planned those. <clears throat> Apparently they do. I didn't know that they did that. I I just thought they kind of rolled with it as it came ashore. I went, oh, well, you know, it is or it ain't. Now, this yeah. one's not well. going to hit Nolens directly as as did Katrina. Katrina hit Nolens and flooded. Lake Pontchartrain got flood surged. And, mm-hmm. But here's what I understand. You know, Nolens floods every year because – and I know this is complicated. I'm going to try to explain the technical details of this. <laughs> so I want you to follow along here. Listen uh, up. <clears throat> New Orleans was built underwater. Mm-hmm. They got these huge dikes 
dams is what normal people would call yeah. them, that, that, that keep the water out. <laughs> and when you have a storm that surges the water and it crosses the dam, or in the case of Katrina, breaches the dams, guess what? Yeah. Water seeks its own level, and so it, it floods. And, and it does this every year. You know that. I've, yeah. been, I've been to Nolens in non-hurricane years to, to do flood relief for, because Nolens floods, because it's built underwater. And nobody yeah. seems to notice this. Nobody seems to care. Well, and nobody seems to think, hey, maybe I should move to some place that's not underwater. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you got good food and music, you might as well stay, right? Well. It's always been my attitude about the whole thing. I, I'd so go for Mardi, Mardi Gras. See, that's the one time I wouldn't go. <laughs> Just, I mean, I wouldn't go to Nolens anyway. I don't, I bet. I'd go with lots of beads though. <clears throat> only, only if my hotel is in the French quarter and I never have to leave the French quarter, except to get on the airporter that the guy wants a big tip for. Cause he'll keep telling yeah. you, Hey, look over there. It's the Superdome. That's where the New Orleans Saints play. And the Super Bowl was held. By the way, please read the signs. Cause I can't directly ask you for a tip, but there's a sign there that says you should tip yeah. really big. And it's the only place I've ever been where they do that. They, they may do it in other places. I don't know. But it is no slated. Clue. What? I have no clue on that. Because you don't travel or you just don't care? Uh, yeah. Well, I just don't. I don't travel that much. I've been to a few places. but right. I'm, wondering how the, uh, I'm wondering how the Uber industry has affected those guys down there. I'm wondering if it's uh, put a dent in their, their tip fishing. I don't know. I had heard that Uber wasn't doing so hot just because of all of the pandemic stuff, but. Well, <clears throat> I mean, people can't go anywhere, right? That's the theory. Yeah. Yeah. And well, in California, we've got those other issues with the stupid lawmakers trying to, you know, unionize all of the gig workers. Oh, Lord. Let's not get started on California. If we got started on California this morning, this would no longer be slated to be a historic show. No. Because we'd have we'll to. We'll save that for another day. <clears throat> we'd have to. We'd have to talk about all that crap. And let me tell you. <clears throat> I don't even want, see, now I'm thinking, um, anyway, so, uh, there you go. Slated to be a historic show today. And if it is great, if it isn't, well, <clears throat> sorry. Blame the, blame we, Ida. We brought a hurricane. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah, seriously. Aimed it right at the weakest spot. God, I wish. So, we tried. Yeah. So it's being as we are men of the cloth <clears throat> and we are. See, we joke about that a lot, rabbi, friar, but, but yeah. we actually are. I yep. actually have a doctorate in divinity yep. and a rabbinical ordination. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything, and I, but I have one. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have my pastor certificate as well as uh, the uh, certificate for being a friar. So, yeah. So, we are actually men of the cloth. Now, the reason for that, you'd have to go back and do previous years worth of shows was it about Actually, this time yeah. last year it was about a year ago wasn't it's it? something like that yeah. yeah maybe a little bit less at any rate there's a reason and a story behind that and so both of us have some interest in theological issues which is weird because we've never really argued about theology on the show not really it's not that we don't disagree because i'm sure we do we just just don't care that much but then harvard <laughs> the university harvard yeah. Pulled a stunt this week, which both bemuses me and entertains me because, well, the story itself is weird enough, but the reaction to it has been just mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful because yeah. it's, it's so symptomatic of, well, we'll get there in just a second. So what did Harvard do? Harvard University, 
which is it, – it's not Harvard. Harvard is the oldest university in America, right? Is if it? It's, if it's not, it's one of them. I I know that the University of Pacific is the <clears throat> oldest university in California. Okay. Plus, they have Only a good basketball team. Yeah, right. You did or you do? I did. Oh. Yeah. My son wants to go there. Which I'm really? okay with. I'm I'm okay with him going to the University of Pacific. I'm I'm cool. They got a good basketball program. Yeah, and I like it. Anyway, point being, the Harvard, being one of the oldest universities in America, was founded <clears throat> by Puritans and religious people in in wherever the hell it is. Is, is it Massachusetts? I don't remember. Yeah, I, I think don't it recall. is. Anyway, <laughs> some quality research there. Where's Harvard? Yeah, I don't know. Back east somewhere. It's an Ivy League yeah. school. It's on a map somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right next to Holy Cross, right? Yeah. So Harvard, I guess, which was founded as a religious institution. Some years ago, <clears throat> there was a book by the, by the, what, what is this guy's title? He's his dean of theology or something. Anyway, he wrote a book about being a gay priest and how wonderful it was that, that Harvard had hired him as a gay priest to be in charge of it. But now Harvard's going up that all these years mm-hmm. later. Now they've hired an atheist to be the guy in charge of all the religious programming at Harvard University, which again was yeah. founded as a religious university. Mm-hmm. And this, of course, has created <clears throat> great brouhaha because particularly conservatives have reacted with their, with their sphincters puckering. How can an atheist be in charge of religious programming? <laughs> I don't know about you, but for me, it's been very entertaining to watch. And I'm a religious yeah. guy. I'm a I'm a theolo- theology guy. I'm a most of you know I'm Jewish. Yeah. I consider myself to be uh, conservative in the branches of of Judaism. We have the uh, the Reform, which I call Unitarian Judaism, mm-hmm. um, conservative, which is the normal Judaism. And then you have Orthodox, which is how do you describe Orthodox Christian Orthodox Judaism? It is a combination of really what we used to call in the Navy digits, people who are just really into it, and at mm-hmm. the same time, people who I, a lot of tradition, I guess, is where it comes yeah. from. So I I kind of fall in that conservative element of it, where. You know, I'm, I'm not the guy wearing the black suit and the long beard. In fact, I had that conversation with my rabbi on Tuesday about why I don't have a long beard. Um, it's like, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's a commandment. I said, yes. Yeah, so is uh, so are some other things that we're not doing either. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't. I'm sorry. It just yeah. looks like crap when it gets beyond a certain that point. That and bacon, right? Right. No bacon. Got to have bacon. <laughs> so anyway, so I kind of fall into that conservative element, which again, because of my background, um, I consider myself to be fairly conservative, theologically speaking. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that's going to hit you over the head with the King James Version of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, okay. and say, you must believe or else you're going to hell. But neither am I the guy that's going to say, um, you know, anything goes. I'll keep kosher, but do a gay wedding. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that guy, yeah. you know? So I'm, I, that's kind of where I fall into, into the spectrum of things, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Now, I, I'm of the opinion, and I've always thought this, that, that true 
diehard atheist, it, it atheism in in some sense in some sense is is a religion. I mean, it's a belief, right? So it's it, it makes sense that someone who made that decision was obviously not, you know, a, a Christian, a conservative Christian, evangelical Christian. It was it was a panel of people. What if they were though? I mean, don't we get this all the time where you get these uh, and see that's part of the issue. Who's the real Christians here? I mean, you, you yeah. get that all the time with these people. So, so you got some. Some denominations are okay with gay marriage, and some denominations think that's an abomination and people should be stoned. And then they point fingers at each other and go, well, you're not a real Christian, which is hysterical yeah. to me, but I, I, have a, I have a warped sense of humor mm-hmm. that is slated to come out in this show. Yeah. So, I just think that they're, they're appointing this guy to that position just affirms my belief basically that atheism is a religion and they, you know, because they were unrepresented, they were, they were underrepresented, I believe is what they said. Right. 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 Atheists were underrepresented at Harvard, which I find hard to believe, but, but at the same time, I mean, what does that mean? We're underrepresented. How exactly are you (laughs) underrepresented? What does that, what does that mean? There's not enough atheists in charge. There's not enough atheists in religion. In religion, <laughs> what, what exactly does that mean? And and I don't know. And is it, yeah, so, so he's con- a chaplain, right? Right. I, I mean, that's what he is now. Yeah. So conservative talk radio went ballistic. I mean, they're just like, how can this be? It's like their heads are exploding. Yeah. How can this be? It's like they can't even wrap their minds around the idea of the the idea that um, <sighs> atheism exists, and this is nothing new. This, there's nothing no. unusual in this. This is the part that amazes me. It's like, have you not been paying attention for the last 50 years? Mm-hmm. 60 years even? I mean, there was a time when major religions were actually religious. But yeah. that time has long passed. I mean, now nowadays, particularly in the Western world, I'm just going to – look, we're not – we're not talking about Greek Orthodox. We're not talking about Roman mm-hmm. Catholic. We're not talking about any of that the Shintoism or whatever. We're talking about Western evangelical liberal democracies. Okay, so France, America, England. Yeah, I would I'd throw Australia into there, but apparently they're they're a totalitarian dictatorship now. So apparently, we'll, we'll just leave them out of the whole discussion. So. Um, some years ago, something called the World Council of Churches came about and boy i don't know about your faith but in my faith at the time this was a huge thing this world council of churches was this idea of ecumenical relations between everybody can't we all just get along and stop yeah, shooting at it, each it's other it's the and, coexist sticker right right but but amongst christians not not everybody yeah. else because i i know this will sound strange to people but really the vast majority of issues in in world history are between people saying they're christians you're not a real yeah. Christian, so we're going to kill you so that you can go meet God and he can say to you, you're not a real Christian, and then fry you. <laughs> and then the other side says, well, you're not a real Christian, so we're going to kill you, and you can go meet God and he can fry you because you're not. Anyway, whole point of all this was the, the this World Council of Churches. And my denomination, which was very conservative at the time, mm-hmm. just went bananas. Because someone made the decision that we as a denomination should join the World Council of Churches. 
And I think I, – I even thought this back then, and I was probably 10 when this came yeah. out. I, I even thought back then the only reason we're joining this is because we want people to actually think that we're a church or know that we're a church. And nobody knows that we're a church. And so if we join yeah. the World Council of Churches, people go, oh, they're a church. We don't have to actually participate. <laughs> nobody, nobody's saying you have to believe anything. You just got to show up to the meetings once every however long and yeah. you know, pretend to get along was, was seemingly the idea. The problem with it, of course, was that so many of these larger denominations um, were becoming theologically and politically to some degree, but yeah. certainly theologically becoming more and more liberal in their belief systems. In other words, the Old Testament is, is nice and all, but, you know, that's not really what we want to be, is it? It's more of a guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> more like guidelines. Um, and, and, and so this whole idea that everybody is okay, you're okay, I'm okay. You came out of the 1960s with the psychological stuff. People... People didn't want to put your guilt trips on things. Even the Jesus movement of the late 60s and early 70s was less about Jesus and more about just accepting everybody doing their own thing, in mm -hmm. my view. Maybe not in your view. but And so as this stuff liberalized, you got to the point where God sort of became a an optional accessory to the church. I mean, it was kind of like, well, we're more interested in what we can do, politically speaking, and socially. And socially speaking, than we are in anything else. Unless you think that I'm delusional, that this wasn't happening, keep in mind that pop culture reflects this. Mm -hmm. And in the early 1980s, so that's been 40 years, two complete generations. You understand this, right? Mm -hmm. 40 years ago, a popular television program in, in Britain actually took the time to define all this, that atheists in the church are a normal thing now, and they just don't call themselves atheists, yeah, which is what surprised uh, Modernists is the term that they used. Modernists. But back, <laughs> back then. But now we've reached the point where the, where the Harvard guy actually refers to himself as an atheist, right? He actually yeah. says, I'm an atheist, which is, which is bizarre because now we've moved beyond the code word, what is, yeah. what is a modernist in the Church of England? A modernist is a man of the cloth, a, a theologian who has decided not to believe in God. He can't call himself an atheist because then he doesn't get paid. <clears throat> but if he calls himself a modernist, now he's someone who's modernizing the church, modernizing mm -hmm. the faith. Well, now we've reached the point at Harvard where he's just an atheist and, and people have really literally gone bananas. It's great. Yeah. I, I've enjoyed it. I, Thoroughly, have enjoyed watching people who, for the last fifty years, have been experiencing this anyway. Who go to, who probably go to churches that, you know, I mean, think about how many people there are involved with this. The yeah. odds on favorite is most of these people go to these kinds of churches. So, what are they bitching about? Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. It's it's bizarre to me, but I don't. It, know. it is. It's uh, that's the discussion my rabbi and I had. You know, beliefs versus actions. What do you believe and how are you living your life? Well, if you don't believe in anything, if you believe in atheism, mm -hmm. then uh, it's a whole lot easier to be, to be the pastor at Harvard than it is to, <laughs> to do anything else, right? A lot of less restrictions, huh? Yeah. I mean, what, what limitations are there on an atheist? What can you not do? I don't know. Is it, is it, is it a conscious-based 
thing? I, I'm not an atheist, so I don't know. I can't speak to that. I am not either, which is part of my problem, I guess. Maybe maybe I should become an atheist. No, I don't <laughs> want to become an atheist. That's a, that was slated to be a joke, but it didn't work very well. Um, the, 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 the bottom line of this is, what do you, why do people even care what Harvard does? I mean, number one, you're not sending your children to Harvard. Nope. Because A, you you're can't not afford it. Donating B, not, to their programs. Right, B, you're not an insider. So what do you care? Except yeah. that the people who come out of Harvard and these other Ivy League schools are the people that, you know, they have all the connections and well, they're the ones who and, end up. And, and here's a question, Dave. Who goes to Harvard for religious instruction? Exactly. You're not, you're not getting your degree in theology from no. Harvard. And if you are, well. Well, it's the same thing at UOP because UOP was actually a Methodist founded uh, university. Right. And they are so far from that right now. So. Well, who isn't? I mean, yeah. God, was it Liberty University, right? The, the yeah. last year that went through all the. Uh, the Falwell oh, shenanigans. Yeah. Turns, turns out Falwell's not all that. Uh, Hmm. Not all that, not all that religious of a guy himself. Mm, not so, really. You know. Beliefs versus actions. Exactly, which is part of the problem. Beliefs versus actions becomes problematic to people, and at the same time, you can say whatever you want, but it's what you do that tells people who you are. And so Harvard Bingo. can say they're a, a religious school all they want, but mm-hmm. the reality is. They're not, and they haven't been for a very, very long time. But it's worth it to watch people go bananas. It is. Because that's what I enjoy. (laughs) Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Bill Mick from Bill Mick Live on WMMB in Melbourne, Florida. Hope you're enjoying listening to my buddy Dave or my buddies Dave and Rod either way. Always good to hear them, and you can join me as well. I'm on Eastern Time, 6 to 9 a.m. every day at BillMick.com. Hit the Listen Live link, and you can pick up the podcast there as well. Morning conversation about the Space Coast, Florida, and the country. We do it every day. Bill Mick Live on WMMB. Now get back to Dave or Dave and Rod. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Rabbi Dave. I'm Friar Cook. And this is slated to be a historic show. It is. On a historic day. What is slated to be a historic day? Yeah. But it's a beautiful day here in the Northwest. I want you to know that. Beautiful, yeah, it's, beautiful. It's not so beautiful in Central California right now, in the Valley. I'm I'm watching the uh, the webcams from, from Nolens. <laughs> Darn you. Yeah, I got this app called Earthcams. It's available. It's a website too. You can go to earthcams.com and there's some clown in the middle of the street and Nolan's taking pictures of the rain. I was told this morning that it was pouring rain in Nolan's, but I'm not seeing that on the webcam. Not really. No. And now I'm going to be people watching because Dave sent me the link. I'm going to be people watching now. This app is fantastic, man. This, this app has webcams from all over the country. And I put it on my TV, on my fire stick. Sure. And let me tell you what. In the middle of the day when there's nothing going on, yeah, just to put that on and it just rotates through cameras. And it's like, 
this is so cool. And one of them is downtown Laramie, Wyoming, which is like fascinating stuff to me. Anyway, well, there you go. So I was reading an article this week, Rod, that caught my attention. You want to know what the article was? Sure. The article was about South Africa, which is it's one of those places, South Africa, you know, I was a, I was a young adult in the 1980s. Uh, South Africa was always a a hot spot in the news, mm-hmm. you know, because of apartheid and other things that were going on, and blah. They love blah, their blah. cricket over there too. Yeah, I just don't get that game at all. <laughs> you know, I would I would under, I would understand that game a lot better if it started, you know, at ten and ended at three. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the only, it's really the only thing I like about soccer is that you can say, okay, it's, it's going to last this long yeah, for the most part. Now, sometimes these referees get stupid with their added time, which I added time just pisses me off. It's, it's the 21st <laughs> century. Just stop the clock, dude. If somebody gets hurt or anyway, <laughs> sorry, completely different rant. So South Africa was always in the news. It's one of those places it's, it's fascinating to us at, Interesting. Anyway, a lot of things have been happening in South Africa. Nobody's paying any attention to this. No. Right? Not in American news. No, because it doesn't fit the agenda and it doesn't uh, doesn't sit well with people. So they just don't talk about it at all. Mm-hmm. But there are a few places out there where you can read stuff. So recently they had some major rioting in South Africa. Told That's what I'm told is how you say it. Um, which involved the heavy theft of smart televisions. Yeah. Looters. Looters were taking smart TVs because otherwise I guess they wouldn't be able to afford them and they yeah. see this as a bourgeoisie thing. It's good and, to be a looter, right? Right. Hey, look, a free television. So now we'll have this in our home. And it's a smart TV, so really all I need is an internet connection and if I have that provided by my government, then you know I can get HBO East Time USA, right? Sure. So thousands upon thousands of these televisions were looted over the course of a few days in in South Africa. But now comes word that apparently most of these TVs were Samsung's, which is a Mm -hmm. South Korean company. And apparently Samsung has the ability to kill these TVs. Yeah. So even though they looted them, even though they've hooked them up, Samsung maintains the ability to control the TV and they are starting to shut them off so that they cannot be used. They're, they're bricking, bricking the television as it were. Yeah. Because these TVs, they, when they plug in, they all do their automatic updates. They check in with Samsung. Hey, I'm online now. What, what updates do you have for me? Oh, well you were one of the looted TVs here. Install this code. (laughs) And the TV goes blank and is unusable. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming you could still hook up a DVD player to it or something. and I don't know now. Out. With, you know, a lot of those newer TVs, they basically have a little computer controller, basically. It's like a separate box that you plug everything into, and it's it's basically a small computer. Huh. So if they're bricking it. So it's not usable at all, then. Which no, because all the connections sense. go through that little computer. Right. Now, this is... Now, on the one hand, Rod, this is one of those things where I look at it and I go, well, that's clever, right? I mean, all right, yeah. so so Samsung has basically said, we didn't get paid for that TV, so yeah. F you, you're not going to use it. 
right? Yeah. But what's to say Samsung, what's to stop Samsung from saying three years from now, you haven't updated your TV. You haven't upgraded your TV. It's time for you to get a new TV and just saying, hmm, brick, brick yeah. that TV. What's to stop them from doing that? Nothing. Do you think they would? Um, I think from a PR standpoint, they wouldn't. Well, only but, if anybody found out about it. But again, again, um, I guess if everybody that bought a TV this year, three years from now, all of a sudden, yeah, thousands of Samsung TVs are not working anymore. That that could be a an issue. Yeah, that'd be a PR issue. Right. But the, isn't this what Windows is doing? I mean, Windows is kind of saying, "Hey, your Windows 10, mm, yeah, we don't want you using that anymore." Yeah. I mean, well, you can still way, use it, but but in three to five years, you're not going to be able to. Unless you're, unless you're still using the same computer you were using 10 years ago, right? Yeah. So that's, it kind of, I mean. planned obsolescence, right, right? Right, We used to call it TRIPER, Trident In-Place Replacement. Okay. So, so this part is scheduled, slated to fail after mm, 5,000 hatch openings or, you know, five years away. Yeah. So we'll replace it at 4,000 in four years, even though it's working perfectly well. We'll just mm -hmm. replace it. <laughs> what a pain in the ass that was. Anyway, so it, it got me to wondering, could Samsung just start doing this? And of course, if Samsung can do this, I'm assuming that all the others can as well. Pretty much. Well, I mean, they can do it with your mobile phones too, right? They can. I mean, it's, can. it's built into the technology because all, all these devices are unique. And they all check in now because they're Internet of Things, right? So they all check into the manufacturers. Right. So this, in turn, got me wondering again, Rod, as I wandered through the thought processes of my mind, mm -hmm. huh, I wonder if Samsung could use this to generate revenue, increase sales, whatever. You know, it, even if they didn't brick it, they could just you know slow it down or yeah. disable some some of the features or whatever. So well, it, or stop developing any code for it. And so after a while, I mean, there's going to be security vulnerabilities. And right. so your TV gets hacked, your TV gets hacked. I'm just trying to imagine what that would look like. <laughs> hey mom, my TV got hacked, honey, my TV got hacked. That's why that's on there. There's well, there's been stories about that because people, because a lot of the TVs are wireless or have Bluetooth and they can, people right. can hack into it and right. shoot stuff on the screen. At any rate, this is bad news for the looters who are probably yeah. now more upset because they didn't get to steal their TVs that don't work anymore. But in my wanderings of my mind, I started thinking about this $85 million worth of equipment that we left the Taliban. Yeah. How likely is it that, that much of that equipment comes with some sort of connective computerized system? Well, I'm, I'm fairly certain like drones and things like that. If there was any of that left over there, yeah, those things will helicopters, helicopters, but yeah, potentially. So what's to stop us then from saying, mm, just shut off and bricking that equipment from a distance or even better waiting until they're in the air and then yeah. bricking it. Yeah. Or, or when they shoot their missiles, have the missiles go somewhere that they don't intend to. Right come right back at him. And, and yeah. I, I, I find it incredulous. I'm of two minds of this, Rod. So yeah. one mind says, which should be easy, right? Because it's technology and we are the leaders in technology. We understand how to, you know, we're Americans. We know how to do this stuff, right? 
Mm-hmm. And then the other side of me says, <clears throat> lowest bidder. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm like, well, <laughs> does it work or does it not work? And, and is leaving all this equipment behind in Afghanistan really as big of a deal as we're being told it is? I don't think this is as big of a deal. I mean, they've even said that, um, you know, good luck. Yeah, you can fly the helicopters, but good luck maintaining them. Right. And that's exactly what we did to Iran back in 79. Iran Iran was one of the most modernized militaries in the world. Iran was the only other country than us that had F-14 fighters. Mm -hmm. And we liked Iran. I mean, we were good friends with Iran. We gave them the best stuff, the best military equipment. And then when the Ayatollah nut job took over, we just said, fine, okay, you can have it, but I mean, we're not going to take it back, but you don't get any parts. Yeah. And, and you can't go to the Russians and say, hey, I need a, a gizmo for an F-14. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. Those F-14s just rotted because they couldn't maintain them. Yeah. Just Plus, wait till uh, they start 3D printing those parts now, right? <laughs> not for aircraft. They're not going to be able to do that. Down, but Downloaded from their TV on the internet. Yeah connected to my 3d printer good lord <laughs> brick that thing anyway it just got me wondering because i i had i had never really contemplated i guess in the back of my mind i knew they could do this stuff but yeah. i never really saw i never really thought about it being applied commercially to televisions that had been looted and more importantly if they can do it in south africa why didn't they do it in portland yeah yeah that's question well yeah, myself. black lives matter right i mean How's that going to look from a PR standpoint? South Africa? There's a lot of white people in South Africa. Yeah, but, I mean, anyway. (laughs) Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Whitey. And this is Hank. And you can listen to our podcast, Two Pint Talk, on all your favorite podcast sources. So come check it out where we talk about two beers and... and Everything stuff. (laughs) Listen to Two Pint Talk on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's What the Frock. I'm Dave. I'm Rod. And there's a reason why we take breaks, so we can say the things that needed to be said without actually saying them on the show. Yeah, so we don't have to bleep them out or anything. Right. So you will not hear what I said to Rod as soon as we went to break, but you can pretty well <laughs> guess you, what You can it guess. Was. So we usually do this segment called WTF, mm-hmm. What the Frock, and we have these crazy stories about stuff, and we're, and we're going to get there, Rod. Yeah. We are going to get there, but... There is a huge WTF story in the news these days Mm -hmm. that I think deserves its own segment, as it were. Yeah, let's put this on a pedestal. Let us, well, let's not do that, but let us us consider the, the idea here that's going on. There's an old saw that says if you repeat a lie often enough, it becomes the truth. And I think to some degree that's true. It may not become truth, but people start believing it. Mm-hmm. Know, like the earth is flat. Um, yeah. That 
dinosaurs were 6,000 years old or something right. like that. Didn't exist if you're didn't exist, Christians yeah. against dinosaurs, which I still can't figure out. Is that a troll or not? <laughs> Perfect if it is. It's hysterical if it's not. Anyway, the point being of all this, that if you say something often enough, today is slated to be a historic day. Mm-hmm. People will start believing it. My mother, whom I love dearly. Okay, I want to be clear about this. My mother is a saint. Okay, My mother is incredible. I wish I could sit here and maybe when we get to Mother's Day next year, I'll tell you my mom. Anyway. My mother actually once upon a time told me that all sporting events, all sporting events, Rod, mm-hmm. are pre-scripted. Do you know why? Okay. Do you know why? No. Quote, otherwise the announcers wouldn't know what to say, unquote. <laughs> that is hilarious. Now, she used to also say that all telephone lines were tapped, and I thought she was crazy about that one too, but... <clears throat> They probably are now. Which could mean that all sporting events are, in fact, scripted because sometimes some pretty weird stuff happens, right? Yeah. And they wouldn't know what to say. But if you repeat something often enough, it becomes a truth. And if, if I were to sit here and tell you week after week after week after week that sporting events were scripted and your telephone lines are tapped, people, some people would start believing that. Mm-hmm. And they'd tell two friends and they'd tell two friends and so forth and so on. So I was bemused this week when the news came on that the... The cop in Washington, D.C., yeah. who shot Ashley Babbitt yeah, and, from what I understand, has been in hiding because of, quote, death threats, unquote, sure. decided to come out this week. Not, not gay, but, <laughs> well, I mean, he might be, for all I know, but at any rate, he went on NBC News with Lester Holt, which, look, I'm not... I'm not a PR whiz. I don't get people don't pay me money for my advice on a PR standpoint. But if, but if, if, if I'm that guy, that's not where I go tell my story. But yeah, for whatever reason, his lawyer, his PR people advised him that yeah, Lester Holt's Holt's going to do this because Lester Holt is he's a softball player, folks. I Pretty mean, much. he's going to pitch slow pitch softball and and. They're not, and he's going to do it from like six feet away. It's not even going to do yep. it from forty feet away and make it hard. It's it's going to be it's going to be easy to to not going to get challenged. produced. Yep, overproduced, scripted, edited, scripted the whole nine yards. I mean, it's this is not where you want to be if you really want to be upfront about what things are going on. So so right there, I knew we were we were in trouble. But I think the thing that just still. It just amazes me about this story that makes me go WTF. The quote from the cop, whose name is Bird, quote, I saved countless lives, unquote. Yeah. Now, you don't, have, you don't have to be Perry Mason to look at that and go, WTF? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, A, there's no, there's not, there's, Nancy Pelosi couldn't dig up evidence of that that yeah. that statement is true. But he believes it, or at least he says he believes it, or at least his PR people told him to say it like he believes it, and they mm-hmm. probably rehearsed it and practiced it over and over again so that he would be believable when he says, I saved countless lives. And he is believable. I believe that he believes that. Yeah. I don't believe that it's true, but I believe that he, in his warped whatever, in his brain, thinks that. He's a 28-year veteran. Rod, did you know that? 28-year veteran. No. 28-year lieutenant who is supervisory lieutenant, which means that probably for the last 10 years he's been sitting at a desk somewhere in Washington, yeah. D.C. Um, 
I, I, you know, his politics don't matter that much to me, but there's some, uh, there's some real issues with this whole thing. And I, and I don't even want to get into the whole analyzing the video and the arguments about whether or not he was deadly force. I mean, I was trained in deadly force. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a qualified nuclear weapon security, sorry, nuclear weapon security guard. Yeah. Right. Believe me. Not only was I that Rod, as a weapons department yeoman, you know what that means? No. But for five years, these fingers typed, retyped, corrected, fixed, retyped again, made changes to the C-8120 manual, which was then the nuclear, sorry, nuclear weapons manual, mm-hmm. which contains all the rules for how you work with nuclear weapons and more importantly, how you protect them, including the conditions under which deadly force is authorized, which are an almost verbatim lift of the deadly force rules for military police officers. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a couple of additions because, you know, obviously there are special weapons involved here. And, yeah, you know, one of the conditions of deadly force is if someone is trying to escape from a nuclear weapon storage area with a weapon, you can shoot them. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I mean, that, that probably doesn't apply in the Capitol. No. But I'm sure that they have some deadly force guidelines. And... The more this guy keeps saying to us, I saved countless lives, the more I think to myself, there's no way in hell that this guy should have been allowed to carry a gun. This guy was everything that is wrong with police forcing in America. This guy is the, is he's the poster child for every fouled up cop there is in this country. And the sad part is, is I think there are more and more people that are starting to think like he does. Now I'm told... I am told by police officers around the country that this guy is, <laughs> there's no way that this guy yeah. is off his rocker. He's wrong. He's, he shouldn't have been there because yeah. he's not whatever. And most police officers, from what I understand, don't buy his story. And I, which is good because most civilians, I'm <laughs> talking to civilians. I hate that term. You yeah. cops, you are not, you don't get to call me a civilian. You're not military. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, that's another pet peeve of mine. At any rate, <laughs> at any rate, the, uh, you know, you're a civilian police force for a reason. Yeah. Called posse comitatus. At any rate, the, uh, most of them are reacting to the fact that this guy, he's delusional. And this whole delusion mm-hmm. is based on this, I saved countless lives thing. And what pisses me off more than anything in that interview about what he said, about what he did, about why he thought it, that is that Lester Holt didn't say, really, how many lives did you save? Yeah. Because nobody else in the Capitol that day, and there were thousands upon thousands of people, seemed to look around and go, well, AOC did. My, my life is in danger. Yeah. But then she wasn't <laughs> even there anyway, so. Yeah, she wasn't even in that building. Right. Where are these countless lives you saved? Not a single gun has been found on any of those people. Not a single. Nope. Okay, they found the pipe bombs from the one guy, but there's questions about whether or not those were actual pipe bombs or if he was just an incompetent moron, um, be that as it may, where, and in any case, you didn't do anything about those anyway. Where are these countless lives that you saved? And, and how the hell doesn't Lester Holt jump on that and say, wait a sec, wait just a sec. Did, Did they really not realize that half the people in this country don't buy this narrative? I, you know, I think, I think they don't really realize that. They think that we're the insane ones. Well, I get that. But even if I thought that you were insane, 
you're 50% of this show, right? Yeah. Is it, is it, is it a good idea for me to antagonize 50% of my show? No. 50% of the show, I should, my show, <laughs> kind of, see, I'm antagonizing, you know, yeah, it's, there you go. it's the old sidekick thing with Mazzy and John. They hated the word sidekicks, but you know, what, what do you want me to call you then? Yeah. Co-hosts. Well, you're not co-hosts. <laughs> do, do I really want to antagonize two thirds of the people in the studio about this? <laughs> I, if I'm Lester Holt and my, and my whole thing is about news and, and getting the real story out there, the real story is this guy didn't save a single life. He took a life. He didn't do anything yeah. heroic. And yet we're not asking him anything about that. We're not digging into that. We're not pushing him on that. We're not doing anything. And that's, that's the part of this whole thing that just infuriated me was, look, everybody knows this cop's full of crap. Yeah. But this is just a great example of the media causing everybody in this country to go WTF because how do we, how do we not ask the obvious questions? And we didn't ask one of them. Not nope. one. Not a single one. Well, it looks like the rain's picking up in New Orleans a bit. Well, there you go. Keep an eye on that for you. Stay with us. Back right after this. Welcome back. It is What the Frock. I'm Rabbi Dave. And I am Friar Cook. And now we get to the part of the show, slated to the to get to the part of the show, Rob, where we actually do WTF, where we actually get Yay. into some WTF stuff. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go ahead and start, if that's all right. So a story Sure, broke Rod, this week. that's just fine. Go right ahead. Earlier this week, <laughs> a story broke. And I know that our good friend Bill had a segment on this, but uh, right. Remind did me you to know, Dave? To, we spent a lot of time texting about this. Remind me to come back to that. Sure. Did you know, Dave, that you're losing minutes off your life? Yes, I did know this, actually. Okay. But not for yep. this reason. Yeah. So if you eat one hot dog, 35 minutes, gone. Gone. So what does that say about the national hot dog eating champions, right? I mean, they're, they're just shortening their lives by hours. But uh, basically, researchers released a nutritional index this week aiming f- to inform guidelines. So aiming to inform guidelines. Interesting way of wording this. And help Americans achieve healthier and more environmentally stable diets. Uh, the index ranked foods by minutes gained or lost of healthy life per serving and with processed meats and sugary drinks among the biggest offenders. So, yeah, not only did they talk about this, but then they go into more environmentally stable products. You know, basically they call them, um, what is it? Uh, in healthy, environmentally sustainable foods, including nuts, fruits, vegetables, legumes, and whole grains. So, yeah, you can actually add minutes back to your life by eating nuts. Unless, of course, you're allergic, and then, yeah, that's not going to be good. But I have a two for Dave, because not only are hot dogs taking 35 minutes of your life away, coffee can reduce up to three cups of coffee a day, can may protect your heart, a new study finds. So 
eat hot dogs, drink coffee because up to three cups a day, basically it decreases your risk of death from heart disease, stroke, and early death caused from, uh, uh, well, an early death when compared to non-coffee drinkers. But that's it. That's not it, Dave. It can also protect you from type 2 diabetes, Parkinson's disease, liver disease, prostate cancer, Alzheimer's. And get this, drinking three cups of coffee can help you with your computer back pain. So there you go. I have so many questions. <laughs> science, one, Dave. Don't You one. cannot deny the science. Oh, <laughs> can't I? So sustainable nuts. Do they talk about what kind of nuts those are? Um, I believe they do. Let's see here. Um, in this article, they do not. You, you know why I'm asking that, right? Because I'm told over and over again, California is the leading almond almond producer. And I'm told that almonds are not sustainable because they use a gallon of water per almond. You know that, right? Oh, I do. Yeah. So all I've been listening to for weeks is, is for years now is how almonds are destructive and how they are, you know, they're not sustainable. Yeah. It's not good for the environment because of how much water they, they use. So if I'm eating almonds, which I love, um, and those are one of the healthier nuts out there, right? They are. They are. All we ask is a can a week. Uh, but at the same time, I'm eating hot dogs. Am I killing the earth but saving my life? Good question. Secondly, and more importantly, uh, how do we define cup of coffee? Because and, 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 and I asked this seriously because you kept saying up to three cups. Well, what happens at seven? Well, let's see here. They don't go into the standard cup size in this article. Right, which is good because my standard cup size is large. Oh, oh they do. They said in most studies, a cup of coffee is only eight ounces. Jeez, eight ounces. Who the hell's drinking an eight-ounce cup of coffee? Not me. It's one of my favorite scenes in My Fellow Americans. Hey, there is a warning, though. People with sleep issues or uncontrolled diabetes should check with their doctor before adding coffee to their diets. Okay, I don't I, have I, un, uncontrolled sleep issues, but here's what happens. Every morning at about 3 o'clock, somewhere between 2 and 3, I'm wide awake for yeah. at least an hour. Does that count as a sleep I, issue I, or is it just... I take sleep aids just because of that. I take them too, but they don't... No, I mean, I go to sleep pretty quickly. My wife complains about that all the time. I don't understand how you can turn on the light and be asleep in two minutes. But, but yeah, every, every morning at two o'clock, I'm, I'm the same way, Dave. I, I go right out when I, my head hits the pillow. I don't recall much after that. It's weird. Makes you say WTF. Yeah. Le Arc de Triomphe. You know what that is? L'Arc de Triomphe, yes. Did you just correct my French? We. Oui. Thinking two words here. <laughs> the Ark of Triumph has seen parades, protests, and tourists galore throughout its history, including including the Germans marching underneath it. <laughs> but never before has the war monument in Paris been wrapped in silver and blue recyclable polypropylene fabric. Hmm. There's probably a reason why never before that has happened, but... You'll be happy to know that it's about to happen next month. Why? In a pos Stay with me here. A posthumous art installation 
designed by artists Christo and Jean-Claude. Mm, Christo and Christo Jean-Claude. is that idiot that keeps hanging plastic and fabric on world monuments and claiming that it's art. You know, yeah. didn't he do this? Didn't he do this to the Grand Canyon a few years ago? Yeah, probably. So he takes plastic and he takes fabric and he goes to a statue or a Eiffel Tower or something and he hangs it on there and goes, look, art. It's better. <laughs> Except that he says it in French, which I can't do. And we all go, and it's the sad part of this is people, people look at this and go, oh. Instead what, of going, WTF, what the hell is this guy doing? Isn't it that way with most art, though, that people are like, ooh, Modern art. Oh, modern yeah. art. Yeah. <laughs> God, I told you about when I got thrown out of the Chrysler Museum, right? Yeah, you did. God. It's just trash. It's just literally trash glued to a canvas. Ooh, it speaks to me. No, it doesn't. But if it does, it's saying, take out the trash. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> At any rate, Christo has wrapped museums, parliaments in Germany, but a monument like this? Not really. This is the first time. This is the first monument of this importance and scale that he has done. Now, a reminder, he's dead. He's not doing this. (laughs) But they're claiming that he did because he, quote, designed it. Hmm. I don't know what went into that, but sitting at his desk going, hmm, if I took this silver and blue polypropylene fabric, fabric and wrapped it around the Arc de Triomphe, it will become art, as if it's not already. Okay, uh, next project. Yeah. <laughs> Preparations, you'll be happy to know, have already started on the Napoleon-era arch, where workers are covering statues to protect them from the wrapping. The oh, idea my was word. the idea was formed in 1961 when Christo and Jean-Claude lived in Paris. Jean-Claude by the way is also dead. He died in 2009, while Christo died in 2020, May of 2020, which means that he most likely died of COVID. <gasps> I don't know that. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, how it is. Uh, he wanted to complete this project. He made a promise that we will do it for him, said uh, his assistant, Yavashud. It was to be installed late last fall, but COVID, you know, COVID, COVID interfered with this. By the way, this project is going to cost 14 million euros or $16.4 million in real dollars. Yeah, gads. Being self-financed, though, through the sale of Christo's preparatory studies, drawing scale models and other pieces of artwork. So, if you'd like to get a, if you'd like to get a, you know, scale model of the Arc de Triomphe wrapped in silver and just go and to the visitors booth. Just uh, yeah, there you go. You can take that and you can look at it as your desk and go. Only five euros. <laughs> yeah, five my ass. It's gonna be it's gonna be fifteen hundred euros, and you know it.
Welcome back. What the frock? I'm Dave. I'm Rod. Rod, do you know where the vice president of the United States is? I don't know anymore. Do you care? Not at the border. <laughs> so she went to Asia. Is she back yet? I don't know. I, I think she is back because she was supposed to meet with with their governor Gavin Newsom to help promote his you know no on the recall campaign, but she canceled right. that. Well, of course she did. Yeah. So she went to Vietnam last week, which I thought was interesting. She's the first. I guess she's the first sitting vice president to go to Vietnam, right? Okay. Well, well certainly, certainly since 1975, she is. Yeah. I, I don't. I think Nixon went when he was VP or. Johnson went when he was vice president or something. I don't know. It's been a long time. And at any rate, she uh, can't think of anybody better to send to Vietnam because, I mean, if you're going to send somebody to Vietnam, send a clueless ditz who wasn't even alive then. Sure. <laughs> or maybe she was, but she was a kid. She she was the little girl on the bus then, right? Yeah, she was. Anyway, I, it, it caught my attention because she went to Vietnam where she placed flowers at a memorial. This is what the news story said at a memorial yeah. for John McCain in Vietnam. North because Vietnam. They, they love us so much, right? Yeah. So a little bit of research. Um, so she went, to, there's a monument where John McCain was captured when he was shot down. There's a monument there. So the monument commemorates the fact that these local farmers captured a U.S. pilot who was bombing them. Yeah. It is not a memorial to John McCain. It is a monument <laughs> it is to the, the people. Exact opposite. Who, exactly. <laughs> but she went there and put flowers on it. And the press went, yay, look at this. And then I guess they kind of realized what happened because that story got squashed in a hurry. It did. It, it went, went away, away so fast. Fast. It went away. Because my guess is, as, as Rod said, when he looked at the picture, he says, I can't read this. It's, it's in a language I don't understand. Sorry. I got a cat on my desk here. I said... <laughs> I said to him, well, it's in Vietnamese. And so I'm guessing that somebody translated the Vietnamese on the monument to the people who captured John McCain and went, oh, guess it wasn't a really bright idea to have the vice president of the United States put flowers on that monument, celebrating the fact that John McCain had gotten captured. I mean, if we're going to do that, send Donald Trump, right? Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, folks, we need you. To participate, you need to download the show. Even if you don't listen to it, just download yeah. it. Okay? Share it with your friends. Like it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, rate the show. Yeah. Give it five stars. Because, we again, we put in the effort here every week. And that's well, on iTunes. Every week. But, yes, it is on iTunes. Just look, go to iTunes and look for What the Frock. I'm toying with, uh, I'm toying with Podbean. Okay. I'm doing some stuff for my show. Um, There's some things I like about Podbean, but there's one huge thing I don't like about it, which is the cost. So Mm. I I, I try to keep things. One of the things I've always said is I do things as cheaply as possible. And if you can do it better and cheaper than me, then come down and come down and talk to the boss and get me fired and you take over. But at any rate, that's what I used to tell people on the radio. If If you can do it better and cheaper than me, yeah. Come down here. They'll, they'll hire you on the spot. Trust me. Nobody ever did. Anyway, th- we need you to rate the show. We need you to review the show on iTunes. Yes, please. That that would be of huge help to us because, again, we're never going to get famous and rich if if you don't help us. And how are yeah. we supposed to thank the little people someday Yeah, when we get our potty awards if, if we don't have any little people to thank us? To be yeah. thanked, sorry. 
Oh, now there are people riding bicycles in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Look, historic hurricane. I'm going to ride my bike. Slated to be historic. They're riding bikes down the streets in New Orleans. God, <laughs> you're right, man. This this app is so distracting, but it's so Dude. wonderful. Earthcams.com. Look it up yourself. You can do it. You can email us, WTF at whatthefrock.org. Yep. Or if you or just Dave, want to talk to Rod, Rod. Yeah. you can send it to Rod at whatthefrock.org or Dave at whatthefrock.org. Um, I occasionally even actually read them. <laughs> yeah, you do. And send them to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty good. We did get one this week from uh, Steve, but I forgot what it said. That's how no, important I, you are, Steve. Well, I mean, it's not that I don't read them. I do, but <laughs> it's like, well, you expect me to remember this stuff on a Sunday morning at, at freaking 730 in the morning. I have not had my third cup of coffee yet, so I'm, I'm I haven't not right had here. My, I haven't even finished my second cup yet, and people are expecting me to be on the game. How is that possible, Rod? I need three cups of coffee in order to deal with the Alzheimer's that's setting in. Yeah. And I did have a hot dog yesterday. I could be wasting 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. Then again, I did have some nuts. So I destroyed the earth, but I'm saving myself. It's a beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest where I am. Yep. Smoky day here in Central Cali. So, so there you go. But it's a, it's slated to be a historic day. Islands. Okay. I'm Rabbi Dave. I'm Friar Cook. And this has been... What the frock? <laughs>